hostages. Sit today, I've gathered here around this cauldron for one last spell. A spell of sexual awakening. And then once we finish the spell, we'll hop on our implement that takes us into the sky to fly around that implement. Of course, I'm talking about is a magic carpet. Oh, a great way to okay. tour around spacious. You're thinking of, okay, like a, a genie world. Okay. That's fine. Yes, I dated a genie. Oh, you dreamed of her? I dreamed, I dreamt of a genie. Great, that's great. That's the wrong show as well. <laughs> okay. uh, but a carpet is more of a genie, Aladdin type thing. And what we're looking for is called a broomstick. A broomstick is the thing that witches fly on throughout the air. They're old-fashioned. I'd love a, 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 a magic carpet. Oh, sort a of carpet t- is more new-fashioned. Very high-tech. The one. broom. Yes, it really ties the room together. It's okay, a beautiful... It's, I wouldn't call it new. It's like a very old. Thing. Well, okay, it's not a rug. This is a high, it's a fancy carpet. Oh, oh, carpet I, is more high tech than a rug. I think I, they're basically the same thing. No, a carpet's like a nice rug. I think. <laughs> we'll, we'll look it up. Anyway, I'm Alex. I'm Justin. And you are listening to The Chilling Podcast of Sabrina, a podcast about the chilling adventures of Sabrina on Netflix. We're going to be talking about Lupercalia. Lupercalia. Ay-ay-ay. A holiday that, honestly, I'm down with. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I'm into this. Man, uh, well, I will say this, uh, this is Chapter 14 of uh, Sabrina on Netflix, the third episode of Part 2. Yes. Uh, And this episode, I think, maybe is my favorite episode of the show so far. This was my favorite episode of the show. Everything is just firing on all cylinders. Um, I love a holiday that revolves around oysters and figs um, (laughs) and... and running in the woods. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, so first of all, it definitely crystal for me that this part two is much more fun. Like, not yes. that part one wasn't fun, but like, there was a lot of angst going on. There was a lot of setup with uh, how the world worked. We had to get Sabrina to a point where she was fully embracing being a witch, or at least 75% embracing being yeah. a witch. Um, but this is just like, they're having a better time. The stuff is more ridiculous. It feels freer and lighter in this second part. It's great. Uh, yeah, it feels like everyone making the show is having a blast doing it. And on top of that, though, like, it's it's fun. All the characters are just doing their, being themselves in the most, uh, the best way possible. But at the same time, they're also touching on some, like, pretty intense issues with uh, yeah. what Theo's going through in this episode. And it's still done with such a smart touch. It's just great. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about what has gone on so far through the season. So Sabrina, as we mentioned, is now mostly totally a witch, except occasionally she shows up back at Baxter High. But yeah. for the most part, she's going to the Gehenna Station School. What actually is it called? Um, the uh, Dark Arts. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she's going to the School for Witches and Wizards. A couple of other students there include the Weird Sisters, Prudence, um, Prudence Dorcas, and Agatha. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to be her friend uh, enemies. Now they're, they're kind of like her frenemies, I would they're, say. I, they're friends now. Dorcas is a little bit up in her face this episode. Well, justice for Dorcas. We'll get into that for a second. Dorcas is easily the best character on the show. Wow. Uh, And uh, she has struck up flirtation with a dude named Nick Scratch. Bad boy alert going off all over the place. The baddest boy of them all. And you, like I always say, you can always tell a bad boy because of how nice and uh, patient he is. (laughs) And that's what we get all episode. Oh, man. You know what was totally fucked up? How accommodating he was with Sabrina this episode. Exactly. When he wanted to do this. 
the nasty, and by nasty, I mean hold her hand at night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a bad boy. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> so uh, Nick Scratch is another wizard there. They started, They had a kiss at the end of the uh, play, the school play. And as we yep. know, if you kiss in a school play, then you're dating for life. Exactly. That's, that's that real. Works. That's why I got into acting. Uh, meanwhile, Sabrina has broken up with Harvey Kinkle, the nice boy. Yeah, uh, and you know a- he's nice because he's stupid. <laughs> Oh, man. I, I kind of love Harvey. Uh, Harvey nope. has, meanwhile, struck up a flirtation with Roz, uh, who has a gift of sight called the cunning. Yeah. Uh, she can see the future. She actually saw herself kissing Harvey in the future, uh, which makes her a little nervous about this whole flirtation that goes on this episode. We'll get into that in a moment. Uh, Sabrina's last human friend is uh, used to be a girl named Susie. Uh, now, Susie has realized she's actually a boy named Theo. Uh, she came out to her friends a couple of episodes back. They were all very forgiving of her. We deal with it a bit more this episode. Uh, Specifically, there was a bully named William uh, who was making a lot of fun with her, so she used a spell and broke his leg in the bloodiest, most disgusting way Truly horrifying. (laughs) Absolutely awful. Uh, Other stuff that's going on and Hilda has been super into this dude, Dr. Cerebus, who works at Dr. Cerebus's books, which is the coolest bookshop in the entire world. Yeah, dude. They Uh, have gum. Uh, well, no, I don't know. I'd love to hang out at Dr. Cerebus's. Yeah. That seems like a fun job. That's cool. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But, I mean, famously, they have gum, and Gata from Battlestar Galactica <laughs> yeah. works there. Dude, if I went to a store and battle, Gata worked there, I'd be like, I'm coming back. No, I'm coming back. Here. I'm going to get some more gum here. This is my regular gum place. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she's been kind of into him. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Aunt Zelda has been super into, but also not super into Father Blackwood. Specifically, they're on a break. And they (laughs) have decided that until Father Blackwood is uh, willing to embrace Aunt Zelda wholly and truly as his, uh, I don't know, girlfriend, bride, whatever, something like that, uh, because his wife just died, um, they're not going to do anything. They're done. Now, they had a, uh, Father Blackwood had kids had the twins yeah. uh with his wife and then she died and then zelda took one of the kids and has put it somewhere right but father blackwood still has one kid right because we don't talk about that kid this episode yeah uh father blackout has one of the kids uh the girl kid is with a witch who lives in the mountains yeah who usually eats children but in this case will not eat children yeah it's like i swear won't eat this one yeah. i promise you. i did the same thing with a bag of chips that i had on top of the fridge yeah they're gone they're gone that's yeah. what i'm saying when yeah. you send a kid to a, a children eating witch be ready to come back with a <laughs> one less child. I mean, you know what you're getting into. Exactly. The last character you should probably know about is a dude named Ambrose. Ambrose has been dating a dude named Luke. Uh, Luke is off the reservation a little bit. Yeah. So uh, Ambrose has uh, struck up a relationship-ish with Prudence. He's pansexual, so he's good at whatever. Yeah. And uh, Prudence sort of explains it away. She's like, chill, Sabrina. We're just doing whatever we want, which becomes the theme of this episode. Oh, right, exactly. So uh, let's jump into it because yeah. so much happened this episode. It's a great episode. Like we said, we jump in right away with a witch dance. They are uh, having a good time. Uh, music's playing. Ambrose and Prudence are like, be free, cut loose, because of course it's Lupercalia, right. which is the witch's Valentine's Day. And I'll tell you what, it seems more fun than our Valentine's Day. Absolutely. And this is re 
real, by the way. This is a real thing that the Romans celebrated and the witches in the show have hung on to. Um, this show works, like, it's very regularly jump from holiday to holiday. Yeah. But it works so well hooking into it. And actually, we'd be curious this episode, because I enjoyed the Lubricalia episode so much, what holidays are they going to do in season two? Like, do uh, they repeat Christmas? Do they repeat Valentine's Day? No, they got to get into the weirder holidays. Arbor Day. Arbor Day. That's going to be a fun episode. Groundhog Day. Yes. Oh, man. But what, like, the groundhog's like a fucked up animal. Oh, uh, yeah. And he, the shadow is, like, yes. full of... Uh, right. Incubus. And what's which Groundhog Day like? It's yeah. Like, it's uh, crazy. Um, yeah. They see a crow. I don't know. I kind of gave up there. Oh, it's good. Yeah. That's yeah. good stuff. <laughs> we, we're going to see a crow. Um <laughs> And they also do a good job of explaining, sort of setting the table for the episode quickly and then move past. Because right. literally, they're, they're like, it's Lupercalia. And then they're like, I bet you don't even know what that is, Sabrina. And we're right. like, neither do we, and, the and, audience. And, yes, thanks for explaining it. I, I do keep forgetting that Sabrina knows absolutely nothing about which society. Like, somehow she was raised over the course of 16 years. And I feel like they still haven't properly explained why she does not know any of this stuff. Yeah. I know she was going to Baxter High, but she lived in a house with Anne Hilda and Anne Zelda. How did she not know that this stuff was going on? Yeah. I'm just not sure. Yeah, but it, it serves us as we get to learn sure. about it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We're it's basically fine. witches now. Yes. Uh, also, the music cues across the board in this episode were great. Yeah, just really absolutely fun song great. choices. Uh, totally. There's a thing that happens later on uh, where uh, they picture uh, where Roz pictures a kiss that's yeah. happening, and it just kicks in with the music cue. So funny, yeah. so much fun. Very cool. Uh, they talk about the movie Caligula, or they talk about Caligula with right. Lupercalia, and there's a movie Caligula that. Uh, I watched in high school that really fuck, yeah for like health class <laughs> no not in high school when I was in high school oh my god and, and that, that movie totally fucked you up yes Jesus. that's why I'm weird now but uh, so that really struck a note with me sure. uh, uh, since this episode is all about like whether or not you're gonna have sex and what well, sex so is they, for these characters they open up uh, they open up in um, oh my god what's his name uh, Do- Dorian Gray's club yeah which a couple of episodes back was a gentleman's club and now everybody's like graphically fucking in the middle of the club. Yeah. Uh, that guy has really opened up his rules. Well, you know, that's fu- You got to feel the people. Like if you run like a business like that and yeah. like pretty soon it's a brothel. Yeah. I, that's like though a restaurant that's like no shirt, no shoes, no service. And two days later, everybody's dude. Yeah. And, and that's fine. That's the kind of restaurant I'm actively opening right now. A pizza hut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a Buffalo Wild Wings, but everyone's nude. Oh, God. That's good. If you get the sauce on you, you don't have to worry about it. Exactly. Clothes are just napkin yourself down. Mm, Napkin yourself down and go home. You've had too many wings, my friend. That is a good slogan. I'm looking forward to seeing that on a bus. Yeah. Buffalo Wild Nudes. (laughs) Pretty good stuff. Uh, Yeah. If you guys want to send me your Buffalo Wild Nudes. <laughs> Great. And for anyone who's living in the greater Buffalo area, keep your eyes open because we're opening uh, in a couple weeks. Yeah. Now the winter's over. I have a really bad feeling this is going to lead to me making a shirt that says Buffalo Wild Dudes. Yes, and I'll be the first purchaser of that <laughs> shirt, and then I'll wear it and get fired from my job. Excellent. Um, so uh, Hilda and Zelda are uh, explaining Lupercalia to uh, Sabrina in the classic one-two punch where Hilda's like, sex is stressful to me. And Zelda's like, you have to have sex, Sabrina. I thought it was funny in this episode that she was being pressured into like orgy sex by yeah. her parents, basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which I was, like, yeah, oh. I was very open that conversation, which I was completely thrown about at first, but ultimately I liked. Like I liked... Yeah. 
Because they're not her parents. They raised her, but they are her aunts. Uh, and I appreciate that openness there. I appreciate putting it out as conversation. Um, it is crazy that Ed Zelda is like, yeah, you got to get fucked by as many people in the woods as possible. Yeah. But that's how she was raised. Uh, yeah. And I keep forgetting on this show that everything is reversed. Yeah. So when I, instead of saying uh, go to hell, they say go to heaven yeah. and things like that. That's great. Super fun. Yeah. It's just I a fun little stuff. detail. Uh, and speaking of speaking of fun little details, here comes the ultimate bad boy, Nick Scratch, oh, <laughs> who is like pretty much dating Sabrina. Scratchman is strong. Uh, I'm all in on this relationship. Um, and through, through this episode, like it goes pretty well. Yeah, it really does. I, I like the fact that they actually are going into this. Like they kind of skipped a step there, right? We had the kiss at the end of the play and now they're into it. Like they're into the relationship. We didn't have like, Oh, what did the kiss mean? Is there going to be any more of that? It's like, no, we're kind of together. It's a kiss. We're dating now. Uh, Yes. And I'm sorry. I'm such a bad boy, but sometimes we're just going to have to walk together and talk quietly to each other. Sometimes we're going to have to just stay in and watch movies as Nick suggests (laughs) on multiple occasions in this episode. He's a bad boy. Messed up that he did that. Exactly. That's crazy. Could you imagine? Could you imagine somebody saying that to your dating? They're like, why don't we sit on a couch and just, Enjoy each other's company. Exactly. God, what a, if anyone, I have two daughters, if they grow up and date someone like Nick Scratch, I'm going to love it. I'm going <laughs> to absolutely love it. Oh, man. Oh, that would be nice. <laughs> you got to just hope. <laughs> yes. Um, meanwhile, Madam Satan, uh, this episode. Oh, right. We forgot to set her up. That's yes. A, yeah. uh, that's right. So she is um, the devil's first bride, yep. uh, Lilith. I, Lilith. And she's been there. She pushed all last season to get uh, Sabrina to join, to sign the book and become the devil's like new wife, I guess. <laughs> and now she's feeling a little bit on the outs. Yes. Uh, she's also principal of the school. She inhabited, she came out of hell in the first episode and embodied the body of Mrs. Ward Wellis, yeah. formerly a teacher of the school, now the principal of the school. Uh, and this episode, her fiancé comes back. Well, it's funny. She's feeling like a little frisky. She's like, I lost a bet with my husband, the devil. So now I don't know. We're on the outs. And so she's like, feels like she wants to do something. She's like, maybe I'll just poison all the kids. And right <laughs> then, all the kids at the school. And then it's like, oh, that's fucked up. Uh, she's talking yeah. to a crow. And in, the, in walks Miss Wardwell's fiancé, who she's, I'm like, this dude's going to die. Yeah. And then it turns out she's into it. Right. Well, so this dude is Alexis Denisoff from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and later Angel. He was uh, Wesley, which is great. Love me some Alexis Denisoff. Uh, There's clearly something fucked up coming with him down the road, though, which is what I liked about his performance through here. It's really hard to match Michelle Gomez in terms of... She, the way that she plays the character and in the absolute best way, it almost feels like it's running in its own show. Like Definitely. It's, She's so big and so like, I'm a monster. <laughs> right. So anyone in a scene with her is like, ah. But this dude just plays so far the other direction. I, I thought it really worked. It's great. Uh, so he's been in deepest, darkest Africa, basically searching for uh, horrific, cursed idols. Yeah. So he comes back with one as a present. Clearly that's going to come back at some point down the road. Clearly, I mean... Uh, I would imagine he has been infected with some sort of elder God type thing. And that's what's going on with him, which could potentially lead to a really fun moment where they're like, wait, 
you're not you. Yeah. That'll be great if they if they end up going that route or something like that. Yeah. But whatever it is, yes, he's so straightforward this episode and so kind and nice. Uh, their back and forth is delightful. And literally right when she's about to poison the uh, all of the students of Baxter High, he's like, hey, let's uh, go home and make out. And he gives her a foot massage. They're having a lovely life. Yes. And that's really it for her. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. I think her big decision of this episode is to not kill him, which is yeah. very confusing for her. Yes. Uh, and I think that was... Especially if the devil has now spurned her, uh, that she's going to be with this dude is super fun. I look yeah. forward to like that love triangle maybe popping up uh, as well. Devil, Adam, and Miss <laughs> Wardwell. That'll be great because we met the devil in the previous episode, like actually met him. And having a conversation with the devil, if they go there, proud, where the devil is like, I'm very upset. Uh, do you like this guy? I'm getting kind of a, a nice boy alert going yeah. off around yeah. him. I sort of saw on your Instagram that you've been out with Adam. So, like, what's the deal <laughs> with him? Uh, Are you guys? I, I looked at his Instagram, and you had liked a picture on his Instagram. Uh, did that? What did that mean? Yeah. Uh, what's going on with that? You know what? I'm sorry. I'm leaving you with such a long voicemail. Just <laughs> give me a call back. Yeah. Uh, this is the devil. You, you have <laughs> you, my you, number. You know, uh, you know me. You know me. You know, anyway, you know, oh, God. Oh, this is so embarrassing. Oh, God. All right. Delete, 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 delete. And scene. Uh, so let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's jump back into, uh, want to talk Harvey and Roz? Yes. Rozzy. Yeah. The hot new couple in Baxter Rosie High. Rozzy the bear. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what everyone's thinking. Yeah. Uh, I, you, I get, are kind of like down on Harvey. Don't like Harvey. Don't like Harvey. I, I like Rozzy the bear. I'm into it. Me too. Yeah. I like that relationship. That relationship seems sweet and it's working. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Harvey is very like, we've talked about this on the podcast before. He's Archie without punching stuff. Like he's just very focused on whatever is in front of him. He's very happy about everything. I don't think he has object permanence like a baby. (laughs) Like if a baby, if you walk out of a room, a baby forgets you. Yeah. And that's Harvey. Yeah. I think that's fair. (laughs) But so the way that he looks like I liked Harvey with Sabrina because the way uh, Ross Lynch as an actor looks at his other actors in a scene. Yeah. He's just totally like happily sweet. So engaged. Yeah. Uh, and he does the same thing with Roz and it's so great. Yeah. And they're really cute together. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of logistics they get out of the way in this episode. So it's clear that they're into the relationship a little bit. So then Roz uh, asked permission from Sabrina uh, if she can date Harvey. And she's like, yes, we're was, done. It, I was very surprised about that. I was surprised that we didn't get a follow-up where Sabrina was like, but I actually feel a little conflicted about it. Yeah. But clearly she was just completely supportive of the relationship. Yeah, and I think that's nice. It is great. It's very mature. I think it comes out of the fact that she is completely into Nick Scratch now, so she feels like she's moved on. But I do still feel like if there is an Ed game on the show, it is Harvey and Sabrina. We are going to loop back to that, Yeah, you keep saying that, but it's fine if it doesn't go that way. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Scratchman is pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. I'm into uh, Kinky Spells. Is that what it is? Oh, that's cool. That's better. Okay. Um, So then also Sabrina, uh, Sabrina asked Harvey if she can bring Scratch to the dance. Yes. Uh, And Harvey's like, yeah, I'll be there with Roz. So like, it's cool, but Harvey's clearly pissed in this scene. Right. Uh, Harvey, yes, Harvey, I think, still harbors feelings for Sabrina, Yeah, uh, even though he does really like Roz. If anything, it seems like it's most uncomfortable for Nick Scratch. 
Yes. Uh, Which is kind of interesting and surprising. Again, bad boy. A bad boy who's like <laughs> t- just stressed out about meeting the ex. Right. When, you are, when you're a bad boy, you're very uh, empathetic and yeah. you're aware of everybody's feelings around you. Almost anxious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's, a lot Ooh, of bad boys have anxi- bad struggle with anxiety. <laughs> yes. And that's Nick Scratch uh, in this episode. <laughs> so um, there's a bunch of other stuff going on that we'll get to with Lupercalia later, but the, uh, they do all go to this, this school dance. Scratchman and Rosie are there. Everyone's looking good. Good. Everyone's having their fun time. Yeah. We're juxtaposing the the human Valentine's Day with a Lupercalia in a cool way. Um, Scratchman, they cop off. They're making out, uh, and then a wolf shows up. Yes, uh, and the wolf uh, attacks them, or at least we think it's a wolf. Like yeah. something's going on with the wolf, uh, and it turns out it's not actually a wolf. Not exactly. It's actually uh, Nick Scratch's familiar. Yeah. So. I feel like I had a little trouble following exactly what went to the storyline, but as far as I could tell, correct me if I'm wrong, but what we eventually find out by the end of the episode is that Nick Scratch's parents died. Uh-huh. Uh, his familiar, which has a sort of wolf in a dress shape, yeah. uh, raised him is kind of his mother, but also maybe sort of his lover a little bit. Uh, it did. It felt like lover at first and then later became mother. Right. Which I was, I agree. I was a little confused about. Right. So Nick scratch, uh, says I'm going to, and this, uh, weaves into the wolf. Actually, we should probably take a step back and set up the rest of the stuff with which Valentine's yeah, Day. Let's right? do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there, there's a pairing. So Lupercalia, you get paired up, then you have to have a night together in the woods where you're just friends. Right. And then the next night it's fuck time. (laughs) Uh, no, no, no. There's three nights, right? There's, uh, there's pairing night. Right. There's the pairing night in the woods, uh, where you just lie next to each other, but probably fuck. Yeah. And then there's the second night, which we don't really get to see because they go to the Valentine's Day dance instead. Uh, and then there's the third night, which is uh, fucking straight up orgy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but first, we get this pairing ceremony. Dorcas tells Sabrina, "No, you do not get Nick Scratch. Prudence yeah. has had Nick Scratch. Agatha has had Nick Scratch. It is my turn. It's Dorcas Day. Yeah, it's Dorcas Day. And then, sad for Dorcas, she gets totally tricked by a glamour and ends up with a nerd, Melvin, the oh, worst. Oh, he's God. the worst, but he's also still pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a nice looking guy. Yeah. He's it's still a, a Hollywood they were actor, like Melvin." No, and I'm like, he's good looking, Dorcas. Yeah, he, he'd do fine here in New York. I and think. The, yeah, he'd be he'd crush it in New York. Yeah. And Dorcas is clearly the third tier witch. Like, she should be happy with the Melvin. Uh, yeah, I like Dorcas, though. Yeah, I know you do, but she's below Agatha. I, I realize that. I just, I feel for her, and I want her to push past her challenges. No, she's fucked. She fucks up this episode, too. She does definitely fuck up this episode. Uh, they get her with a glamour, and Sabrina ends up with Nick. She's pretty pissed because she ends up with Melvin. She fucks Melvin anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter that much. Yeah, Dorcas uh, plays the cards she's dealt, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I love this Maypole sequence. Uh, I thought it was so... Cool. So well filmed. done. Really well shot. Uh, Maypole, obviously the original uh, pole that you danced around. Sure. Uh, the original pole dancing. I thought April pole was the original one. Yeah. And then this slowly became April. And Maypole's a little warmer, a little like <laughs> everyone's in the tank top. <laughs> April pole is still a little. Nitty. Yeah. I, I, get wanna, I get what you're saying. want to wear a light jacket. <laughs> I, I hear it. No. That, <laughs> uh-huh. Wink, wink. Uh, wink, wink. 
Um, the Lupercalia then goes into the uh, milk blood oyster fig night. They, right. Where so you, they basically <laughs> pack it with as much stuff to get you to want to fuck as possible, but tell you, don't no, fuck. Just lay and let the moon wash over you. I was right. like, So yeah. everybody walks down a path. They're told not to leave the path. Uh, Sabrina is there with Nick. Uh, they smear some blood on each other's heads and giggle the entire time. Very cute. Very scene. cute scene. Uh, meanwhile, there's an extra basket that's passed. So uh, Zelda and Father Blackwood head off together. And then in the middle of that, we hear a wolf howling. Yeah. Mm. Something. Something's up there. Right. And uh, that ties into at the Valentine's Day dance, at the human Valentine's Day dance, uh, it turns out that it's actually Nick Scratch's familiar. Uh, Nick Scratch says, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go kill my familiar, goes off into the woods, gets a heart, comes back, shows it to Sabrina, collapses, tells her, classic Snow White fashion, Yeah, uh, I've killed it. Here's this heart that's definitely from my familiar. Yeah. And uh, there's a, they're talking, uh, Sabrina's talking with someone about Nick and they're, uh, they're like, do you trust him? And she's like, yes. And then later on in the episode, he has lied to her. Right. Um, and that ends the episode where she's sort of, uh, he confesses and is like, I've wronged you. And she forgives him though, in a pretty straightforward way. Well, that's Sabrina, right? I mean, yeah. she jumps into things. She does innately trust people. She still trusts Mrs. Wardwell, which is insanity yeah. at this point. Um, even though she hasn't seen any evidence to the contrary, it's pretty clear that Mrs. Warble is always lying to her about everything all the time. Yes. Um, there's a lot going on with Nick Scratch, I think, that we don't know yet. Yeah. The, um, there's the detail about his parents dying and his familiar raising him, but how did his parents die? Yeah. Um, and especially in relation to uh, Sabrina's parents dying, like yes. I feel like that's going to become a, something that ties them together. Absolutely. absolutely. And cements their relationship as the one true relationship. And as we oh, all agree, whoa, whoa, the true whoa, whoa. end game of this show. Oh, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> I did like while we're talking about it, uh, Wardwell says, you have to go kill the bit. Pardon my use of this language. We have to go kill the bitch. I was like, oh, that was funny. Um, It must be so fun to write her dialogue. Like that's, that's the one where you're allowed to throw in something like that or be like, oh, come on girls. Let's not be catty bitches from the first part of the season. It's so over the top. Yes. So good. Um, Let's talk uh, quickly about um, Hilda and Zelda. So, uh, so Hilda is into Gaeta, wants to make it happen. Right. Uh, and, um, she goes to see him and he like straight up rejects her. So she's heartbroken. There's this great scene between Hilda and Zelda where Zelda's like, uh, uh, Blackwood proposed to me, um, over the sex basket. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what to do. And Hilda's like, lucky you here. I, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Well, but Zelda doesn't know what to do because she doesn't exactly want to marry him, right? Like, she just wants the power. She doesn't necessarily want the wedding. Yeah. So that's what she's conflicted about. Hilda is like, yo, uh, slow your roll. I have an actual problem versus your ridiculous problem. Um, This guy doesn't even like me. So Zelda's like, gussy yourself up, head out there, get your man. Great scene. So funny. I love Lucy Davis so much. Every single bit of her delivery is so funny and so enjoyable. And the way that she comes in completely uncomfortable in her own body, shimmying up to Gaeta is hilarious yeah. and great. 
And then he um, reveals that he's sort of old Teen Wolf. Uh, he reveals that he is my favorite band, Incubus. Yeah, <laughs> cool. I know. I love oh, them. sorry for you guys. You probably can't see this because it's an audio podcast. But Alex is wearing an Incubus T-shirt, Incubus hat, and Incubus jeans. I don't even know. Did they make those, or did you sew those? I made them myself. Oh, that's so cool. Put a couple of patches on. That's so cool, man. Uh, I love all the guys in Incubus. Yes, exactly. And I would ask you to name them, but Please we already don't. know. No, it's fine. They, we don't we, you're so there. familiar with them that you don't yeah, need to great. name them. Yeah, familiar. Exactly. I get it. The band Incubus is yeah, Alex. So he turns familiar. out he is an Incubus, which is a sex monster uh, like a male succubus. Uh, so that's going to be a little bit of a problem, uh, as he reveals later on, um, because he, uh, I guess the way that I understand Incubus is succubus is they have sex and then lose control and kill the other person. Yeah, well, that's to me, that's pretty normal. Right. Like, that's how I had my first two that's, kids. Yeah. <laughs> that's normal sex. Yeah. We're like praying mantises, except the other way. Right. Uh, um, and I love later at the end of the episode when Hilda tells Zelda about the incubus, she's like, yeah, I've, I've fucked through some incubuses <laughs> in my day. You're going to be fine. Yes. Uh, so that's great. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm glad about that ridiculous reveal. We didn't know what type of monster Gator necessarily was. Certainly, I yeah. thought he was probably a Dracula because that's how he's dressed. But yeah. <laughs> having him be an incubus is a lot more fun. Uh, agreed. And especially playing into Hilda's anxiety about sex. Yes. It's, it's perfect. It's really Absolutely. well done. Um, let's see what else uh, we should talk about. So uh, let's talk about the Theo scene. Um, so yeah. Theo... Uh, uh, his Theo's dad comes to uh, what he thinks is her, but she tells him, I'm a boy. I want to wear a suit to the dance. And it was just such a well done moment. Uh, uh, so good. And, and then, well, particularly because her father, his father, excuse me, uh, is such a dude. Yeah. You know, so you expect him, you expect it to go through the scene and be the like, no, you're my daughter. How dare you? Uh, you're out of this house. But instead, he just kind of sighs and is like, come on. Yeah. It's, it's great. great. It's so it, well I like how inclusive this show is. I like how forward thinking it is. Yeah. Uh, not just for the sake of society, but also because as a TV viewer, it's more refreshing and fun to watch a scene in characters treated that way rather than yeah. the typical way you expect. Exactly. And it doesn't have to be the focus of the whole episode where it's a huge melodrama. It's just like, no, this is it. This is what's happening. Grow up and move on. Like we as a society need to do with a lot of these yeah. issues that the show covers. And it's well done. There's a very sweet scene where Theo and Harvey are putting on their ties and Harvey's sort of teaching Theo how to do it. And Theo's already better than Harvey, which was like just spot on on all fronts. Yeah. That was great. And then Roz comes in in her dress and both Theo and Harvey are like, oh, yeah. So many high fives. Uh, yes. So funny. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's great. Uh, I I love this move that they finally made this move with the character. It yeah. makes it uh, him a more rich, more interesting character that they've kind of like they were dancing around it in the first part of the season yeah. and to finally put it out there and finally talk about it, just it, it uncorks something in the storyline that makes it much more refreshing. And yeah, fun. exactly. Um, and then, uh, Theo confronts, uh, William, the bully who she yeah. <laughs> shattered his leg and they have sort of a sweet conversation. Which at the is dance. great. Yeah, I know. I was so surprised. Yes. He, William was sort of nice. He was like, yeah, I don't know my life. I don't know what I was thinking. And I was like, Oh did not see that coming. Of course not. But it makes total sense because as he explains, he's like, I broke my leg. I can never do sports again. Yeah. 
what am I going to do? I got to stop doing whatever I'm doing and figure yeah. out something new with my life, which is great. Yeah. Uh, then also at the dance, uh, we skipped over this a little bit. Uh, Roz and Harvey have a conversation because they're about to kiss. And Roz says, listen, there's something I got to tell you. I have a second sight. Yeah. I see the future. And Harvey's, and Harvey's like, like, oh, fuck. Here we go again <laughs> with this shit. But again, they treated it in a very nice way. But he's clearly having that reaction. But he's like, all right. Okay. Your magic, <laughs> too, in some way. Uh, God, why are these magic women attracted to oh, me? Oh, God, I'm the most boring. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but he takes it pretty much in stride. I love that they're starting with openness and honesty there, that they're not dragging that out, that they're just coming out and moving through the storyline. Uh, and then a really sweet moment where they kiss, and Harvey says, was that how you pictured? And she says, no, not at all. Uh, I'm all in on this. Yep. I love it. Rosie is strong. Yeah. Um, I also want to say there's this great moment where Sabrina, before um, she goes out for the final uh, sex night for Lubricalia, yeah. she astral projects to Roz, and I thought it was going to be a uh, thing about Harvey or something, but really it's just her at talking, wanting to talk about sex, because Roz has already lost her virginity, and it's just such a sweet scene, and I love the choice that they're maintaining Sabrina and Roz's friendship in yes. a, sort of a pure form, even though there's now this weirdness that Harvey is with Roz. Yeah, it's much more mature, it's much yeah. more interesting, Keep the uh, characters together instead of all fighting with each other yeah. because there's more than enough fighting that goes on anyway with supernatural beings that they don't need the internal stuff. It makes yeah. the characters stronger when they're all working together. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, and we did we didn't say earlier we had the reveal that Dorcas did fuck Melvin on the night when you're not supposed to have sex. So uh, again, Dorcas plays by her own rules. Yeah, that's, and she's the bad rules. She's a she's a bad girl. Yeah, bad girl alert. I think she's just a bad girl. Just bad at being a girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Justice for Dorcas. Get it trending, folks. Um, and then I guess one last thing sort of story-wise to talk about, we have this horrifying moment where Roz and Roz and Harvey are like really going at it. Harvey's like, I have some more papers that I want to show you. <laughs> yeah. Look at my art. <laughs> yeah. Uh. He's going to be a great, he's sort of the Rob Liefeld of, <laughs> of, uh, I do wonder, Greendale. I keep meaning to look this up and I keep forgetting who does his art on the show because there's gotta be some comic book artist that's doing the stuff for him. Yeah. And I just don't know who it is. Uh, but in that scene, uh, Roz has this horrified look on her face face and she can only see darkness yes which um, we knew was coming it's awful that it comes now when she's finally together with harvey uh that's obviously very purposeful in terms of the story i'm curious to see how far this is going to play out if she is going to be blind or they're going to figure out some way around it now do you think she can only she's can't see i would i took it as she her cunning wasn't working you, you, oh, no, no, no. I, I think she can't see. Oh, interesting. Because we knew that was going to happen. Yeah, because she was going to lose her sight her eventually. Yeah. yeah. And she was just going to have her second sight. And it seemed, my takeaway was that's what happened. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I had forgotten that. To me, it, it felt more like I can't, my cunning's not working. Does that mean I'm going to die? Mm. No, no, no. I think, I think it's literally yeah, I like think she right. takes off the glasses. It's blackness. She can't see anymore. Bad business. Yeah, that's fucked up. Never kiss a dude. Yeah, that's the real lesson here. Right. Right, my daughters, unless it's a Nick <laughs> Scratch type. 
Yeah, they're going to really enjoy listening to this in like 10 years. Oh, I hope definitely my family... 10 years? Too early. Uh, yeah, I hope my family just really replays all of my podcast work <laughs> after I'm dead. Th- I really want to go years? on... <laughs> no, I just mean in the future. Oh, okay. Like, we're leaving behind a pretty strong record of our personalities sure. um, uh, at this time in our lives. And it's great to think that people will be able to turn this on and be like, oh, they did this thing where they were witches and didn't know what a broom was. <laughs> that's, wow. the, that's the legacy. Can't, can't believe that guy got to be president. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The legacy we're leaving is, is strong. Uh, what else should we talk about in the episode? Probably the last thing with Harvey and Sabrina. Um, so we have the last night. All of the girls are dressed in red cloaks. All the dudes are dressed in wolf skins and shirtless, running through the woods. The girls are chasing the wolves, jumping on them and knocking them down. This sequence was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. It was oh wild. My God. That's why, they, like we were saying, the show is so fun. They just go for it with these wild things, and then they we get to see them. Like yeah. it's just a classic. It makes watching the show makes me like, why aren't all shows more fun because they set up crazy shit and then do it. And that's the formula. Like what else do you need to do? Yeah. It's great. And it feels there's nothing against Riverdale, which I love, but so far Sabrina, at least it goes for these crazy things, but it feels like it makes them more consistent. It gives them a a better grounding of reality than Riverdale, which is ludicrous because uh, Sabrina is about witches and wizards and monsters and things. Yeah. But it definitely feels like all of this craziness is going on, but it all seems for a purpose to emphasize what's going on emotionally with the characters, how they're feeling. Um, all of the girls are completely sex crazed in the episode and they're going after the dudes who are also sex crazed, who are wolves. Uh, and uh, the red riding hood story is all about a loss of innocence. So of course, visually that makes a lot of sense as well. Meanwhile, Sabrina being very reticent about this doesn't actually get to chase down Nick Dorcas jumps on him instead. Yeah. Um, great. That's great. I love that. I love that that while you're watching that craziness going on, it still has a thematic layer to it at the same yeah. time, and it seems consistent with the entire episode. Yeah. I know that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but again, talking about Riverdale, where it's like, I'm not sure this scene connects to the previous scene. Yeah, yeah. But I do think, I mean, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's easier for Sabrina, but they have this great just world that they where they sure. can, anything can happen, and they can invent something like Lupercalia at the beginning of an episode and then just do it. Well, Riverdale yes. has to exist in at least a neighboring dimension where <laughs> real the world is real. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And again, no slab to Riverdale no, at we all. we love Riverdale. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I also think, though, in watching this episode, I feel like they've really embraced the magic in a way. In the first season and leading up to uh, and getting into this season, it feels like the magic stuff was still a little, you didn't quite know how it goes, but this episode feels like the witches are using magic and it's just fine. And yes. it, it felt like... Uh, this is not a slam, but like the, the Harry Potter world, it felt like we're like fully immersed in that and it's cool. Yeah. It's a little like an older uh, Harry a Potter. A lot of this whole season has been world building, figuring out the world, figuring out how it works. And I think that has been on the part of the writers and actors as well. Um, we're not at the level of like uh, vampire diaries or legacies or to your point, Harry Potter, where it's like magic all the time. Yeah. But at the same note, the there was weirdness like the third episode, suddenly demons are there. And you don't yeah. know how that works or how that fits into everything. But now that we have a bunch of episodes behind us, it does feel like it all works together and is built well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we should probably talk about the last bit. Yeah. Uh, so the familiar is alive. Yeah. Is a wolf in a dress. 
I think. Yeah, it seemed that way. Yes. Uh, and tries to, so I guess it's the wolf in grandmother's clothing is the yep. idea to go with her little Red Riding Hood thing. Uh, attacks Sabrina, um, attacks Nick Scratch, uh, and then Sabrina kills the familiar. Yeah. Stabs uh, her in the back. Yes. And Nick Scratch is bereft yeah. at this, completely upset about this. Well, and it was a little crazy because Sabrina's like, why didn't you, you said you killed this wolf and then I had to kill it. And he then is like, it was sort of my mom. <laughs> and it was sort it was like, ah, oh. then I felt the yeah. whole thing was a bad scene. Yes. Uh, bad situation. Uh, but I like that. And I want to, I hope we're not done with that. I hope we do find out more about that relationship and delve more into Nick Scratch's backstory as we talked about earlier, because I think there's a lot to get into there. Exactly. Well, Nick Scratch raised by wolves into it. Yeah. Uh, I will say that uh, two episodes down the road, the title is Bad Boy Backstory. Ooh. It's not that. I'm no. lying. I'm Shit. I'm, I'm there for sorry. It. I'm kidding. How dare you? Yes. Uh, Anything else we need to talk about with the episode? I think that's it. All right. So this episode, Which Witch Reigns Supreme? I mean, there's so many to choose from. Um, I got to go with Nick Scratch. Okay. I've thought oh, about oh, it. <laughs> okay. All right. That's kind of out of the field, but all right. You know, I as the words were coming out of my mouth, I was like, am I sure about this? And I was like, sometimes you just have to take a leap and chase oh, down, man. chase down the wolf that mm-hmm. was always meant to be yours. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, Nick scratch is great in this episode. As always, uh, scratchman is strong. Um, looking forward to more. Uh, I'm going to go with Dorcas. I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. No, no. What? Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, Dorcas she, the witch, Dorcas, the witch. she knows what she wants. She's going for it. Uh, she doesn't get what she wants at first. Yeah. Takes it anyway. Yeah, that's uh, true. Doesn't get what she wants. The second takes it anyway. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's a clarity of purpose yeah, that she good. has, and I respect that. I respect Dorcas, and uh, I think everybody is going to respect her yeah. by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, hashtag respect Dorcas. <laughs> uh, and uh, I got to learn more about Melvin. Like, where? What is What's he? His deal? Why is he such a, a dweeb when he's just like a regular, good-looking man? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. All right. If you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on down and we will cast a spell on you. What else do you want to plug? Uh, Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live and at Riverdale Dark. Also, check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Also, be sure to check out uh, comicbookclub.threadless.com, where I'm sure our uh, Buffalo Wild Nude shirts will be up <laughs> immediately after this episode is posted. Now that I've recorded this on the podcast, I guess I have gotta to do uh, it. Gotta do it. Uh, and we'll see you next time. That's right. Covered in milk and blood. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Tonight, full moon. Oh, are we doing this? Yeah, let's get into Let's go. I'll meet you in the darkest part of the woods. <laughs> okay. Darkest part of Prospect Park. Oh, jeez. That sounds terrible. Yeah.